everyone. Welcome to the 401k Marketing Podcast. Are you ready to be the go-to expert in the retirement plan community? Listen in as we share ideas, resources, and best practices that you can use to professionalize your firm, demonstrate your authority, and earn more 401k business. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the 401k Marketing Podcast. I'm Sasha C. Rian, and today... I don't want to call her a guest, but she's definitely special. <laughs> Our CMO, uh, Rebecca Auerhan, is back from being gone for a couple months. And um, I know you've gotten used to my voice on the podcast, but I'm really excited to have her here today. So welcome back, Rebecca. Happy to have Thanks, you. Sasha. It's a joy to be back on the 401k Marketing Podcast. Yes. So I feel like a good amount of our listeners probably know where you've been, but maybe for anyone that doesn't doesn't know where you've been. You want to fill them in a little bit? Absolutely. Well, guys, I've got some really exciting news. On September 4th, um, I became a mother. So welcome my little baby girl into this world. And now she is four months old. Uh, she is a red hair and blue eyes. And she's learning how to roll over. And right now inside of our household, we have a little competition going on. If her first words are going to be mama or dada. So guys, come on, everyone. Let's cheers for team mama over here. <laughs> That's what we're working on. I love it. Well, yes. And I have uh, proof that the baby is super duper cute and I'm excited for her to hopefully make an appearance probably in some upcoming marketing videos of ours. I think yes. everyone would like that. She absolutely Definitely. will. Uh, I'll probably bring her in in the next couple of weeks so that way she can make her on-screen LinkedIn social media debut. Love it. Well, for today, since Rebecca has been gone, I definitely want to pick your brain and talk a little bit about what's coming for this year. The last couple episodes, we've obviously talked a ton about marketing, but I kind of want to kick today off talking about the 401k space. There's obviously a ton of activity going on right now with the beginning yeah. of the year and coming off of kind of like a second year in a pandemic. So from your perspective, what do you think right now are some of those most important updates? Sure. Uh, so the pandemic, I think, as everyone uh, can agree, uh, has exposed a lot of financial wellness challenges that American workers are facing. And for the very first time, a lot of folks were faced with truly sitting down and realizing what are our budgets? What do we spend? What do we earn? And then how can we live off of that? The stipends that happened and the stimulus money that happened dramatically made impacts in people's lives and a quality quality of life standpoint so people could live, afford groceries. If all of us remember you know, some of the runs that were made on the grocery stores early on. So that was a big deal. And financial wellness is going to continue to have a lot uh, more runway in our near future. So that's kind of the first thing, uh, making sure that as advisors, you have access to quality financial wellness resources. Employers are going to be asking for that. Employees need it. So that's the first one. Um, the second is from a regulatory standpoint, it seems like, you know, in the December timeframe, we were all waiting around with bated breath, secure 2.0. Here we come. Here we wait. Ah, ah, where is it? It didn't happen. Um, so now build back better. Same thing. We were wait, 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 pause. And we're still paused. Uh, so that's the second one is uh, what's going on from a regulatory standpoint. How, uh, how are our 
laws, rules, and regs going to be modified in the near future. We know it's coming. We just don't know when. And certain things absolutely impact our business. And we want to be aware of those. And seems like they get edited a lot within the within the legal text. And then they get brought in the next week. So it's kind of a, a wait and see approach. So that's the second one. And then the third from a marketing, I don't know if this is really a marketing standpoint. This is just something that's been on my mind lately. Uh, when it comes to uh, income income illustrations, monthly income illustrations, those are going to be delivered. So for everyone who knows, Cure Act allowed for in-plan income annuities and solutions. So now as part of that as well, there needs to be a new, an illustration coming. And the deadline for that is Q2 of 2022, this or this year where participants for the very first time are going to see their account balances translated into a monthly income projection. Spooky. And what? <laughs> Spooky. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of folks are going to be really surprised by that number. Everyone who's probably listening has remembers years ago, ING Voya uh, did a huge ad campaign about like, what's your number? Okay. So we all had these, you know, giant balloon numbers over everyone's, over everyone's head. Well, those numbers are great from a where you're looking in kind of a high level perspective, but what do they actually translate to in terms of monthly livable, livable wage? Can you live on that? And um, we're going to see those uh, hit mailboxes this year. So some participants are going to be happy. And um, according to a recent plan sponsor survey, I think it was, 68% of folks are expected to react negatively to that mm. number. So that's the third thing. First one being financial wellness, super important. Second, uh, what's going on in the regulatory space. And then third, just to keep in mind, lifetime income illustrations and how that's going to have an actual impact uh, within the American workforce. Definitely. Thinking about the first one you talked about, financial wellness, and we were kind of talking about this internally mm-hmm. earlier this week is how plan sponsors are and employers are feeling that pressure from employees. Like we expect so much from you providing us 401k plan, financial wellness, like, you know, student loan repayback. You know, we are, you know, I say we like, you know, me, I'm an employee too. We are, we're very much in this mindset where, you know, we want all these really great things to put us in a better financially, uh, a better financial position. And, you know, you look to your employer, well, the employer feels that pressure and we need to kind of almost turn it back to the employee, but also like partner with an advisor. So I feel like a key takeaway from that is your marketing materials this year, especially surrounding financial wellness, really need to focus on how you can support not only the employee, but also the employer. And it kind of comes full circle back to the employee. You know, you want to be able to empower employees. It's not all on the employer, the financial buyer advisor plays a huge part in those, you know, conversations if you do a lot of education and stuff like that. So, yeah, I definitely think that at this point financial wellness is definitely not a buzzword. It is here to stay. We are becoming more holistic by the day, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, but having the right strategy in place is going to be helpful for plan sponsors as well as employees. Uh, so, those are all really good insights and kind of want to move into marketing um, because obviously that is our area of expertise. And I've, (laughs) I took some time to talk on the podcast on a couple of items at the end of last year, but we're in 2022 now. Lots of things are changing, not just in our industry, but just in marketing and just the 
pop culture in general trends. And for us in our industry, in order to make sure that we're, you know, staying with the times, you know, from a marketing perspective, like we always talk about the importance of quality content. So Rebecca, from your standpoint, why do you think that's the main trend? And of course, just tell everyone how important it is. Yeah. Um, So content marketing has been around, I don't know, forever since the birth of the internet (laughs) since the dawn of the internet and if it's good material people read it or watch it it starts to have an adoption level and an uptick and then all of a sudden it becomes just part of you know these statistics that are true well content marketing has always been super important to have high quality materials stuff that people want to read or want to watch and that hasn't changed. I don't think that's ever going to change. So the first thing that all advisors, if you have not started content marketing, please start content marketing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That means sharing good information with your clients, your prospects, and your centers of influence that's timely and relevant. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a great Bare way minimum. To, yep. Bare minimum, <laughs> it's a, people. <laughs> it's a great way to retain your clients because they feel like they're being communicated with on a regular basis and they're informed. It helps your centers of influence think of you when they're going about their normal business relationships. And they say, oh, I know exactly who you need to talk to because I just got information about insert whatever the topic is, and they'll immediately, you'll pop in their mind and then I'll help you increase your referral-based business. And then when it comes to onboarding new clients, now you have an ongoing communication strategy, which is going to help them feel informed, empowered, and comfortable to say yes to hire you. So baseline, please, if you have not started content marketing, this is the year. Let's do it. Yes, absolutely. I think like one thing that I definitely preach to clients or really anyone I come across is (laughs) we have a kind of abnormal sales cycle in the industry. There's really no telling when, you know, that employer plan sponsor is going to take that next step and want to sit down with you, the advisor and continue that conversation to hopefully become a client. So content marketing in whatever form that you distribute it in blog article, video, infographic, social media post. It is making sure that you are really having that consistent and timely process um, so that when they're ready to make that decision, you're top of mind and they will, of course, want to actually have that conversation with you no matter where they are in the sales cycle, you're staying top of mind. So what are kind of some of the biggest marketing trends this year? And I mean, it really some of them are kind of carrying over from last year. Like video is one of them, I think is still becoming a bigger and bigger trend because of just generally the way people like to consume content. Yeah. Video is absolute short videos are absolutely a great way to get in front of your audience. Uh, Social media still, still going strong, ladies and gentlemen, social media. (laughs) I laugh around that one because LinkedIn was created in, I think it was 2006. So uh, near, almost 20 years ago, I guess that would be 15-ish. 15 years ago, give or take. So great, uh, really important. And LinkedIn keeps changing as well. Their new algorithm, which we'll get to a little bit later, is again adjusting, or maybe maybe the right word is maturing as it enters its teenage years. Uh, so social media, very important. When you think about the decision makers, uh, this is kind of a, a demographic 
generational demographic change. Uh, when you think about the decision makers that are currently within retirement plans, uh, we're seeing a great exodus of baby boomers. Super normal. It's part of that just normal trend of life as millennials. Some of the oldest millennials are in their 40s now, are assuming those leadership roles. That means most leader roles are now Gen X or millennials. And that demographic consumes information differently, which brings me to what I'm about to share. Um, that demographic tends to like infographics, so quick information with statistics, so that way they can read it in more of a skimmable fashion and then feel like they understand what the topic is about. Um, after that is articles. So when people are actually looking, Googling, searching for keywords, that information is fleshed out in a really nice way on your websites, on your LinkedIn, if you're using the LinkedIn publisher tool, uh, then people can read about that topic in depth so that when they finish their article, they have an understanding of, and they feel from a point of confidence that they can take the next step forward to connect with you and to actually hire you uh, for your services. Yeah, absolutely. So there are different types of search, uh, the intent that is behind it that's kind of linked to different types of keyword content. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's four different types. Um, I don't know if you want to dive into those really quickly, sure. then we can move forward. So we kind of we talked about the importance of content. It's first, first and foremost. Uh, what Sasha is getting to next is the importance of uh, distribution. That's the second portion of it. If I had a theme for the year of 2020, uh, this is the year of distribution. And what Sasha was mentioning is about the different types of search intent. And so kind of think of it in, in four different buckets, just traditional sales pipeline. Uh, the first one is when people are just starting to learn about something. Uh, it's informational. Generally, you want to think of like a how-to, like a how-to guide, how to be a plan sponsor. What does it mean to run a retirement plan or to administer a retirement plan? Uh, what is a fiduciary? Really basic stuff that if I'm starting out, either I was just appointed uh, to be the new HR director in this area, or I'm an employer and I'm starting a retirement plan. If I live in one of those states that now I'm required to, as an employer, offer some type of retirement savings vehicle, just shopping, compare, contrasting. Do I want to go with the state-run plan or do I want to start on my own? These are great kind of baseline questions people are going to keystroke into their Google algorithms. That's the first one, informational requests. Uh, the second one is transformational. So if contact now, buy now, learn more, these are all different call to actions for people who've they've got the little taste of knowledge. They're like, okay, feel pretty, feel pretty good now, but I gotta talk to someone. I know I've learned enough that I'm dangerous out there, but I don't want to make any decisions yet. So I want to talk to you so that way I can take that next step. I've, for example, maybe I've never gone through a plan conversion and we're thinking about changing from one record keeper to the other. What's a blackout notice? Mm. Well, maybe I do want to talk to someone about that. And if you're an advisor who's gone through a conversion before, you understand how important those types of, I'll call them speed bumps in the conversion process could be. And maybe that's a great opportunity to talk about that. The next one is comparison. So again, I've done enough research. I feel a little bit satisfied, but I keep hearing this term, fiduciary. What does that mean? 
And uh, I'm not sure, should I go with a 321 or a 338? What's the difference here? Should I maybe compare, contrast, interview a broker of record, a 321 fiduciary, a 338 fiduciary, an outsourced fiduciary? What does it mean? So that's the second, the third one, it's comparison. And then the last one um, is when uh, a person's searching and they're searching for you. So they actually type your name into Google um, and you want to make sure that the results that come back are your firm. So it's a referral. I know I want to work with this advisory firm. I go open up the internet browser. I type your name in and there you are. Um, This last one, which is specific, uh, you want to make sure that as an advisor, you have a Google My Business page. These are free to set up on Google. It's literally called Google My Business. Please set them up. Uh, It makes it much easier from a search engine optimization standpoint to be found. And that'll display very clearly, very beautifully, your phone number, your website and your hours of operation, if you so put that in there, and a great picture of your office. So that way I could easily, if we are meeting in a face-to-face environment, drive there and be able to sit down with you and have a conversation. Great. So yeah, those are all examples of basically Google search SEO. Um, So people are either searching for how to do this, or I'm ready to get in touch with someone. They're comparing different keywords in our industry that could be, you know, 316, 321, 338. And then also they're going to search you by name. Um, So really owning your space. And I believe in March or April, we're going to have an entire podcast on SEO Mm -hmm. um, because that is a beast to unpack. So we'll spend a lot of time in that episode talking about that. So kind of moving into other forms of distribution, social media, email, we just talked about email in the last podcast. So I'll give kind of like a quick update. If you didn't listen to that, if you haven't listened, definitely go back and listen to that because I dive into a lot of detail around email distribution, but just kind of giving from like a 30,000 foot view overview, I would say for distribution, when it comes to email, bare minimum is to definitely have your list segmented between your clients, your prospects, and centers of influence. I have seen a lot of success when it comes to segmentation based on activity or demographic interests. Now that of course is going to take more time and attention to looking at the data, looking at the reporting, but it helps you really move in on prospects when you know exactly what their buying habits and their interests are within your email marketing. So if you're sending content to a range of different companies that are prospects, you know, you can pick prospects that have less than 50 employees or prospects that have more than 100 employees. And the type of content you send them, it just might be different depending on their participant size or if they have a low deferral rate or if they have a really high deferral rate. Different content you can send, plan sponsors and recommending best practices and kind of moving in that direction. So, uh, which is really why we stress the importance of content because you're able to really create a lot more with an email when you have a lot of content handy. So I would definitely recommend if you're, you know, if you're sending out emails right now, you have your general list, you know, take it a step further, see what type of segmentation you can get into when you look at your data. That might require you to pull up a form 5500 and develop a short list, you know, 
send it out to a small list of contacts first, just so you can see, you know, maybe like a list of 20 companies and take a look at that data. And then of course, when it comes to distribution channels like LinkedIn and social media, you know, we talked about SEO. Rebecca, maybe you can give a couple examples of LinkedIn social media engagement and distribution of content on that platform. So if you have 50 employees and a low deferral rate, just as an example, maybe that employer is thinking about, we've talked about financial wellness, but there's been a lot of conversations for like, what's the ROI on financial wellness? Well, there's been, uh, maybe you send them a plan sponsor guide that says the name of the plan sponsor guys, be calculating the ROI of financial wellness. Mm-hmm. And then it's got statistics and information that shows absenteeism, presenteeism, decreasing healthcare costs. And at the bottom of it, a giant statistic that says it can save your company between three and 5% per year by reducing those three factors right there. That's a huge statistic that a lot of employers are like, wow, three to 5% of my bottom line just by implementing a financial wellness program? Oh, I never thought of it like that. That's an idea. So Sash, just real quick, I'll just run through a, a list here. We keep saying content marketing and and I don't, I don't want to, that is an, an umbrella topic. Underneath that examples are articles, videos, snippets, webinars, podcasts, let's see, social media, infographics, live events, I guess you could say, if it's recorded that you could then send out afterwards, interviews, case studies. These are all just examples of different types of content marketing. If you are going to start any sort of campaign around this, best practice, have a quick conversation with whoever runs compliance uh, within your your firm or your larger broker dealer, and then talk to them and say, what, what is the process around how we can get materials approved? Get that pretty well solidified before you start to to launch out and then to create materials. Selfless plug here. Uh, we also help advisors with this as well. So you can always contact us too. So shameless plug. Sorry, that was the term, not selfless. Shameless plug here. All right. So to your question, Sasha, um, you asked about distribution and you were talking about social media. So this year, uh, we're going to talk about the theme of distribution. It's going to be one of my big themes for the year. And it really boils down to how to beat the algorithms. That's the theme. How do you beat them? And when I think of the algorithms, I really think of search, which basically means Google, email, how do you get into inboxes? And not the, but I mean the top, the top of the inboxes with that important, you need to read this. Yes, let's get you right there. And then the third one being social media. How do you go? And I think the term, and I don't want to like uh, overpromise and underdeliver here, uh, but how do you go viral, but viral in the in the sexy 401k industry? <laughs> so that's the third one. <laughs> um, so search, email, and social media. How do you beat these algorithms? Well, interestingly, uh, Sasha had a great podcast on email marketing. Please, everyone check that out afterwards. It's about 20-ish minutes. Really good for you know, if you're in the gym doing some running. Um, mm-hmm. That's when I listen to it. And <laughs> it's true. So for social media, when you're on LinkedIn, they've changed 
And they, by the way, they continue to change the way that their algorithm is weighting the importance of different things. Um, the first thing is when you post something on LinkedIn, LinkedIn now shops that post just to like a small group of your contacts, your connections. And they basically are beta testing to say, is this, is this good? Is this good material? Should more people see this? Or maybe this isn't great material and not a lot of folks should see this. Well, according to LinkedIn's 2022 algorithm, you have... 30 minutes on the timer to either that content is great and then they will share it with the rest of your LinkedIn connections or within that same 30 minute time frame, LinkedIn will just quietly push your content onto your newsfeed and that's where it will be dormant for the rest. That being said, get your team involved. So when you post something on LinkedIn, the number one thing you can do takeaway is send out a quick email to your entire team and say, hey, everyone, I just shared this on LinkedIn. Include your link on what you just shared. Can you please a quick thumbs up because you literally have a timer, 30 minutes, and we joke that it's called LinkedIn jail. So you have 30 minutes to get out of LinkedIn jail. So that way it'll be pushed to the majority of your connections. That's just one quick way in which uh, we've noticed with LinkedIn um, that they've changed their algorithm. There's about a 50 other things that I could share today, but that, that one for everyone who's looking for social media engagement is an easy and quick win. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like that you highlighted your big three under beating the algorithms this year, I would say, because this was actually going to be my next question is what are your kind of big three, like key takeaways for advisors this year, mine would probably correlate right along with that. Mine would be engagement. Like mm-hmm. that should be a number one priority, not just posting stuff. Obviously you have to be doing that, but taking the time to be on LinkedIn and commenting and liking and being authentic because that is really what makes the difference is the engagement. Because if you think of it this way, LinkedIn wants you to come back on their platform and use it. That's how they make money. So the more you're on there showing interest, engaging, the more that you'll be rewarded. So engagement, segmentation is my other one. I just Mm. kind of briefly talked about it. Really knowing your contacts, your lists, your data within email marketing. Same thing with LinkedIn. The more that you can become familiar with that stuff, the more quote unquote fun you can have when distributing content, the more creative you can get, the more results you can get. And then the third one will is definitely searchability. There are so many awesome resources and maybe we'll link we'll, we'll link them in the show notes. There's a lot of awesome resources for keywords, how to figure out how to get the best subject line that's going to have people open your email, the best headlines for your content. What are people searching for? We use resources like this because we obviously want to make our clients as successful as possible. So these resources are super helpful, especially if you're if it's a priority for this year to write content and you've never done it before. So those are great resources to help you. You obviously want to get the best keywords and Tackling SEO and searchability, you know, it's not a one and done thing. It's a constant learning process. So having those resources handy is going to be really helpful for you. So for me, big three takeaway for this year, 2022, is definitely engagement, segmentation, and 
search ability. Mine is uh, to teach my kid how to walk. I hear that's <laughs> popular in the first year. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to get her a little bouncy thing in, my, in a couple months so she can figure out how to crawl around. Uh, <laughs> I love it. We're going to be introducing avocado next week, everyone. So maybe Ooh. that'll be the photo. Not sure. Little green mess. Um, so mine's definitely going to be, um, if I were to think about my New Year's resolution for content marketing in 2022. Uh, it's, yeah, how do you beat the algorithms? Uh, first and foremost, just like Sasha, Sasha mentioned, email, search, social media, the continued importance of financial wellness. Uh, advisors' roles continue to evolve, which is really exciting. The intersection of health and wealth, that's continuing to deepen and the importance of that. And advisors wonderfully sit at the intersection of both of those. So such a great place to be. And then from an employer standpoint, and there's going to be a lot of new rules and regulations coming out. I uh, don't know what they quite mean yet, but it feels like there's change in the air again. Uh, so what are those changes? And an advisor being that voice of knowledge to employers. So that way they feel confident and they know that they can come to you when they have questions and they need help, professional help. I would love to hear your big three. Anyone that's listening, whether you're listening to this on whatever your preferred podcast platform is, <laughs> find us on LinkedIn, 401k marketing page or Rebecca or mine's page and comment under the podcast, like what your big three are. We would love to hear from you. And even if it's something personal, like, you know, getting your kid to walk this year, <laughs> I want to hear, we want to hear it. Um, so definitely let us know what your big three are. Um, and that's great insight for us too. I kind of just want to end with a couple of feedback points from our listeners because we are really so appreciative for everyone that takes time to listen to this podcast. We have some big plans this year um, for the podcast. We obviously are planning on having some guests, some top advisors, some industry friends. Who are people that you would like to see on the podcast? It can be specific people or um, types of professions or anything like that. We are also possibly going to add a video component to this? Would you be interested in seeing our faces? Let us know. <laughs> and then of course, the last is just in general topics you want to see from the podcast. We are, I would say definitely planners here. We have definitely planned out some episodes, but things change. And we obviously want to hear what you guys would like to hear from us because we do this for you. <laughs> so I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast today. Welcome back, Rebecca. We're really happy to have you back and you know where to find us, 401k-marketing.com. To take a look at our advisor solution, it is retirement-plan-marketing.com. Shoot us an email, info at 401k-marketing, and you can find us on LinkedIn, Rebecca Auerhan, Sasha Sibrion, and the 401k Marketing LinkedIn page. So thanks, Rebecca, for teaming up with me for this episode, and we'll see you guys next month. Thank you so much for listening to today's 401k Marketing Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of our guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of 401k Marketing. The content has been available for informational and educational purposes only. We hope you enjoyed.